All right, so let's dive right in. And what I want to talk to you about, guys, is I want to bounce off of what one thing that I talked about last week, and that is spiritual growth, okay? But I want to elaborate on spiritual growth. And I actually titled this A Time to Grow. And it is a time that we grow. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, if it, well, let me start go back by just laying out what we talked about last week because I see some new faces here that weren't here last week. But last week we talked about running your race. In other words, God has put a race in front of each and every one of us, right? And of course, we're talking about a spiritual race, but he's talking about running your race and finishing your race. In other words, in, in the spiritual race I'm talking about, and I've used the analogy and we saw that in scripture, but the race that he's laid before you, that's your purpose, that's your plan, right? And you need to be running that race. You need to be enduring that race. You need to be, you need to be accomplishing what it is that he's called you to do, right? And if you're, and, and you're going to run that race, we talked about one of the first things that you've got to do, guys, is, is you've got to train. If you're going to run a race, uh, if you're going to go run a marathon, you better train. Because I'm going to tell you, if I get out there and try to run a marathon right now, come on, it's not going to happen, right? But you've got to train physically to run that race, right? Well, the same thing is true with your spiritual walk, your spiritual race that God has put before you. You got to train yourself up to, so that you can accomplish what he's called you to do, right? So in order to train and get ready for that, guys, there has to be spiritual growth in your life, right? And I'm going to tell you something. God's got really... And I knew when I was preaching it last week that we're going to carry this on because there's so much to talk about this. I don't think I'll get finished with it today. I think we'll carry this over one more week because what I want to talk to you about, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I want you to, to get out of this message because so you won't just shut me down. I want you to figure this out. But we're going to talk about today the characteristics of growth, right, naturally and spiritually. Okay, we're going to we're going to tie these similar we're going to see the similarities in this. But what I want you to do through this message while you're listening to me and don't go to sleep, but I want you to listen to me is why as we talk about these characteristics of growth guys is I want you to locate yourself. Yeah. Because we're all somewhere on this scale. Right? We may be spiritual babies, but we may be uh, uh, we may be up here in the adulthood stage, but we're point is is we're all somewhere. And there's a lot of factors that determine where you are. But I'll just go ahead and say this ahead of time, get a little bit ahead of myself. If you're, one, if you're just sitting there and you're like, what is he talking about? I don't even have any idea where I'm at. Well, if you're living your life and you constantly find yourself in battle after battle, struggle after struggle, defeat after defeat, and you just cannot ever seem to get over, you've spent the last 20 years and it's just been fight, 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 and you can't ever, see, ever seem to get over the hump. If that's you guys, start by looking at your spiritual maturity. And we'll, we'll talk some more about that here in just a second, guys, because that will determine the success you have in your life, right? Yeah. Amen. But, but the biggest reason that God has me talking about this, guys, is, and I don't believe this happens here, and it could be, but there's a lot of people in the society today that view the pastor, and I'm not negating the pastor's job at all, but they don't, they, the society believes they don't have to grow spiritually. If they have a spiritual need, that's my job. 
That's the pastor's job. In other words, if I have a problem, I go to the pastor and the pastor prays for me. If I need prayer, he prays for me. If I need a direction, then I'll go to the pastor and I'll ask for direction. And, and all, guys, and that, even though there is, a, there, is a, there is a part of that that's true, that's very much true. I'm always going to meet with you. I'm always going to talk with you. I'm always going to pray with you. But that's not my only job, guys. God wants you to grow spiritually so you can do these things on your own. So you can hear his voice. Come on, and you can take the steps of faith that he needs you to take so that you can, do, you can fulfill or run your race, right? But listen, there's too many Christians that are living their lives as spiritual babies, only waiting on the pastor to pray for me, only coming to church when I need the pastor to talk to me or I need the pastor to answer a question. Now, don't misunderstand me. We're going to do that. That's my job. But you got to get to a place where you grow mature. We're building an army, guys. I need, a, I need some soldiers that are so spiritually mature, that are as spiritually mature as I am. And let me just say this, you'll never arrive because we're all going to remain teachable. But you got to get up there. You got to get up there where you know some stuff. So that when we're trying to reach the people in our community, guys, it's not just me. Right? It's going to take all of us. This is a team effort. So if we're, if we're coming into the house and we're all spiritual babies, we're in trouble. Right? In other words, if you come in here every week and all I'm doing is feeding a bottle to everybody, come on, and we're not growing spiritually, we're not going to accomplish a lot for, the word, for God. Right? Because when we do that, then we have a room full of people with their bottles, drinking their bottles. We've got our spiritual nursery full. Now how, well, there's no room for anybody else to come in. But see, I need you to grow out of the nursery and grow into spiritual adulthood where that not only can I minister, but you can minister. And we leave, we open up all of the room for the lost people to come in here that don't know the things of God so that we can teach them, preach to them, be an example to them. Guys, it's not about me being the mega pastor that saves the world. It's about us, the body of Christ. Come on, saving the world, reaching the lost. Glory to God. But listen... Growing up is a process, and we talked about that, you know. You grow up, and I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. It seems pretty logical. I think everybody should know this. When you're born, you're born as a baby, right? Right? And, and that was kind of weak. If you aren't confused, we'll go back to biology class. You're born as a baby, and you go through these stages. And, and, you, and I'm talking about naturally speaking. You go through stages, and then you, and then you grow into an adult, correct? That's right. And, the, the, and, and we all know that uh, depending on what that child is taught or how that child is trained will always determine what kind of adult he turns into, right? Yeah. Come on now. I, I, I wasn't taught a whole lot as a young child. I had to learn a lot of things as I got older, right? And, 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 and you know, as a result, there was things I didn't know when I got older. There was, I was immature in a lot of areas. I'm talking about naturally speaking now, Right? Come on, and we're all at some place on this, on this scale, right? But the same thing can be said about the born-again tr- Christian. The minute you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 80 years old. Come on. You, once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you now are a spiritual baby. You do not get, just because you accept Jesus, you don't get all of this knowledge instantly imparted into you. Right now, you have to do something about that, right? And then that's where the church comes in. That's why we're supposed to build up, and we're supposed to teach you in the things of God. Amen. And 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 just go all just like in the natural, how you feed a baby will determine on what it will turn into as an adult. The same thing is true spiritual. 
right? The, the, what you feed on spiritually will determine how, what kind of a spiritual adult you will turn into, right? Come on now. Go with me to Ephesians. Ephesians, starting in chapter 4. We read this last week, but I'm going to read this out of the Amplified because it amplifies it, right? It is, it's, it's, it's very, very... I'm going to start in verse 11. It's a, this is a very uh, good verse. And if you're ever wondering the purpose of the church, it, it explains it. Paul explains it right here. In verse 11, he says, and... His reading out of the Amplified, it says, and his gifts to the church were varied. Talking about the gifts that God gave to the church. He himself appointed some as apostles, special messengers, representatives. Some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people. Some as evangelists, those who spread the good news of salvation. And some as pastors and teachers. Here we are. That's my job, right? To shepherd and guide and instruct. And he did this, this is why he did it, to fully equip and perfect the saints, which is God's people, for works of service or ministry, to build up the body of Christ, the church, until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness, and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity so that we are no longer children, spiritually immature, tossed back and forth like ships on a stormy sea and carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine by the cunning and trickery of the unscorporous men, by the deceitful scheming of people ready to do anything for personal profit, but speaking the truth in love in all things, both our speech and our lives expressing his truth. Paul says, let us grow up in all things unto him, which is Christ, following his example. Guys, Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus right here. Now, if you study church history, the church at Ephesus, you know, I won't give you all of the details on that, but they kind of they got off in some stuff that he needed to go straighten them out on some things, and so that's what he's doing right here. But what he, he was obviously letting them know, hey, guys, you hadn't grown up yet. You're all spiritual babies. And he was encouraging him, and he was encouraging us, guys, to reach a point of spiritual maturity. Right? It's very important that we do this, guys. And, and, and you, you can relate this back to the natural. You ever been around somebody that's just extremely immature? And every wife in here says yes, you know? Because I know my wife, sometimes I can be goofy and immature. Not really, right? 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 Wait, be quiet. Hush. Right? But you know, <laughs> but you know sometimes you get around those people that are just really immature, and you're like, would you please stop? Would you please grow up? Would you please quit? Right? Right? Listen. We all need to be able to mature. And let me just say this. You'll be mature in some areas and, and not mature in other areas. So what's the point is the point is we need to be growing. We need to be growing. So let's look at some of the characteristics of a natural baby. How many parents we have in here, right? Man, that's, that's good. All right, so y'all know, what it, y'all know what it means when we talk about a natural baby, all right? Let's look at some of those characteristics because you can see the, the similarities in the natural and in the, in, the, in the spiritual. And you actually see three stages that I'm going to talk about. And the three stages that we see is babyhood, or maybe, childhood, and adulthood. 
All right. Now, as we go through all of this, now remember, I want you to locate yourself. Find out when we look at these similarities, if you find yourself falling into any of these characteristics and, you know, you know don't raise your hand, don't jump and run and don't look at your wife or your husband. Right. Just look at me. Let them discern for themselves the area that they are in. Right. And let them. And I'm, I want to encourage you to locate yourself because, listen, guys, if you don't know where you are and you don't know that you need to change, yeah. nothing ever happens. You stay in this same place and you don't ever progress forward and you don't ever get over the hump. You don't ever get to that place of victory because you're just spending your life as a spiritual baby, taking anything this world dumps on you and just surviving to get through that and surviving to get through that and surviving. And you never get to that place of victory. But how I many of you know God wants all of us to walk in victory, right? But listen, we have a will. And that means that we can decide if we want to walk in that victory or not, or if we want to just stay in the world and just continue to endure, right? So I want you to locate yourself as we talk about this. I'm not going to be pointing any fingers. I may be pointing my fing- the finger at myself on some of this, right? Because I want you to understand, you've got, if you, you, I want you to know where you are, and I want you to be encouraged to put the necessary effort in to make the adjustments to get to that place of spiritual maturity, Come on, I need some spiritual giants in here. I need some, because I mean, guys, when you put all the pressure on me, I'm one person. And there's no way that I can get to everybody all week long. And, 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 there's, and we got to get to more people than, this, than what's in our church. So it's going to take a team of us to get to that place where we can minister, right? Now, and it's not very hard to understand this when you relate it back to the natural. I mean, I'm talking about the importance of growing. Uh, spiritually or, or just the importance of growing in the natural. I mean, think about if we didn't grow, say we grew physically, but we didn't grow mentally. I mean, think about what would happen to our country. I mean, we would have a bunch of kids running our country. How do you think that would turn out? Keep your comments to yourself, right? Keep your comments to yourself, right? That's not what we hear all about. But think about it. It's, it's important that we grow. Now, let's talk about babyhood. And believe it or not, this this is where a lot of people stay. And believe it or not, there's a lot of, 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 of denominations that believe this is, this is all you got to do. You just got to get caught. You just got to get saved. And that's it. Once we get you saved, it's okay. If you need anything, come see the pastor. He'll pray for you. He'll talk to you. He'll give you, know, he'll give you some advice and this, that, and other. But guys, that's not it. There's so much more. There's so much more. We want to get you caught, which we want to get you saved, but we want to get you taught, right? We want to get you taught so that you can, you can endure anything that this crazy world throws at you because you have a race to run. And you not only run that race, but you have a race to finish. Amen. Glory to God. So there's a lot of people that stay in this place. 1 Peter 2.2 2 tells us, in the same way, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It is not, this is the passion. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word, for this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. Now, we need to grow, just like a baby needs to grow. Let's talk about the baby, a baby for a minute. Babies are precious, right? I, I, I'm kind of in this mode now. I, I would like to have a, like five grandkids right now. I mean, no pressure or anything, but when you're getting married. No, I'm just kidding. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm kind of in baby mode, you know. We have a grandchild that's in, uh, in Birmingham now, Harbor, and he's growing up, and I just feel like I, hadn't, I can't see him enough. And Can you relate, you know? And, and, and it's just, 
You know, I could do with some babies, right? I could. And when I see Cody come in with his baby, he's just so precious, baby. He's just so cute, you know. Babies are cute. They're precious. They're like little blobs of flesh that make these little cooing and noises and their little pretty eyes and smile, and you just want to hold them. And, but babies are also, a, they can be difficult, right? I mean, think about a natural baby. You have to feed it. It can't do anything for itself. It can't change its diaper. You got to clean its booty. You got to clean it. You got to feed it. You got to put clothes on it. You got to move it. You got to move it from this place. He can't do anything. He's totally dependent on you as an adult. Amen? Yeah. Am, I tr- am I telling the truth? Yes. Now, some, pop- some people will say, well, that's a pain. I don't want to have kids. Well, you know what? And just, we'll, we'll pray for you later, right? There's nothing, there's nothing greater than having kids, you know? But they can be difficult, right? And, but when you bring that over into a spiritual Christian, when a spiritual person accepts Christ, now they become a spiritual baby, guys. There can be, they can be difficult. They, they can, and, and I don't mean that to criticize, right? But they're now dependent on the church because that's where we come into the picture, right? Because they don't know anything, right? And they, they, they can, in other words, they don't know some things. And so as, when, when they accept Christ and they get saved, the church needs to have enough spirit, spiritually mature people in it that where they can reach out to those babies. They can reach out to them and they can touch base with them on Monday or Tuesday because they know they got saved on Sunday and they can just encourage them and they can talk to them and they can invite them back and invite them to get involved so that they can learn the things of God. Because if we don't do that, guys, they don't know anything. They don't know anything. And most of the time, if you look at church stats, when a person gets saved, if no one reaches out to them and they don't really know what happened, they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and they walk away thinking that's it. Thinking that fixes everything. But how many of you know, just because you ask Jesus into your heart, that doesn't fix fix all the problems in your life, does it? Absolutely not. So you got to learn some things. You got to grow up in the things of God. You got, and it's going to take the church. We got to teach all of them, right? Because I mean, you think about natural babies; they're always crying, aren't they? Always crying, mom. You know, I remember Austin, mom. I'll never forget. I came home from work one time. You know, we had our babies pretty quick, one after another. Austin, Anna, Hamp, and 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 mom was uh, had Hamp in her belly. She had Anna on her arm, and she was walking through the house like this, and Austin was hanging on her leg. Mom! And I was like, oh, my gosh, bless her heart. Let me tell you something. Moms are super moms, right? They are. They really are. But they're always crying. You know, they're crying. They don't know to do what they need to do, and they, they don't have any confidence in any decisions they make as a child because they're a baby. They don't know these things, guys. And the same thing is true with a spiritual baby. A spiritual baby doesn't have confidence in their prayers, right? And you ever, you ever find yourself always, and you don't know how to pray, or you don't know what to pray, and you, and you go, come on, that's a, well, that's a sign of your spiritual maturity, right? Because a lot of times spiritual babies are just, they know they have a problem, and they know they need prayer, so they don't know exactly how to do it or what the process to go to it, so they, they're on the street, and they're calling every, they're on Facebook, pray for me, right? And, you know, that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Come on, and unless you do it right, now, if you're very specific, and there are some people that do it, but don't just throw out a random prayer. People aren't praying for you. They're like, yeah, and they're done with it, right? 
No, you, when you pray, you need some people to pray. But guys, when spiritual babies will be out there just reaching out for anybody, help me, help me, I'm hurting, pray for me. And then they go down the street, pray for me. Same thing, guys. That's not the prayer of faith. Because in the prayer of faith, you only got to pray at once. Right? You don't have to run around begging for something to happen and, uh, and looking for something great to happen. Guys, that's a spiritual baby. Right? They, they, do, they just don't know. And another... Another thing, characteristic of a, of a natural baby that, that ties in with a spiritual baby is a natural baby is ignorant. Don't mean, not being critical, but it's ignorant. He doesn't know what things are good to put in its body. I mean, you let a baby crawl around the floor and he picks up a, a, a screw on the floor or what, anything, where does it go? Straight to his mouth. Guys, and this is a big one, big one, big one, big one when determining your spiritual maturity. Are you a spiritual baby, guys? Because the same principle is true with a spiritual baby. They don't know what they should be allowing into their eyes and into their ears, feeding their spirit. Remember, when you get saved, your spirit man on the inside is made new. It's not your mind. It's not your flesh. Nothing changes there. But your spirit man is what's changed. And when you get saved, everything that you allow in here and here Come on, you're feeding your spirit, man. And I'm going to tell you, this is an area that trips a lot of people up. Because there's a lot of people call themselves Christian right now. But they don't have a problem in the world turning on any device and watching borderline pornography on there or listening to secular music. They're just talking about death, sex, and murder, all of these. They don't have a problem with any of that, right? They don't know that it's, it's, it's hurtful to them to allow that in. A sign of spiritual immaturity. That's a spiritual baby, right? Because when you get spiritually mature, you come to a place that you know you're feeding your spirit, man. And you want to be very careful about what you feed that spirit, man. Because you need that spirit, man, to stay strong, to stay built up. So that when the Satan himself tries to come against you, come on, you can attack back. Come on. According to the word of God. Very, very, guys, you got to do this, guys. And you got to be very aware of what you're feeding your spirit on. It's why, you know, you know, I, I don't, I don't listen to the radio, uh, you know, unless it's, it, and it's not necessarily for the music, but I will put it on some form of a Christian radio station. And it's because, it's not that I like the music. You know, some people just, you can, you can tell so much by when you get in their car and turn on the radio, Right? And I'm, and I'm not, I'm not trying to criticize you to a point. I want to make you aware that stuff can hurt you and you don't realize it guys. You're feeding your spirit. You may not even be logic, uh, logically paying attention to the lyrics of that song, but your spirit's hearing it. Amen. Just like faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, hearing and hearing the word of God. That's what builds your faith, right? Not hearing and hearing some of this secular music that's out there or most more importantly, viewing it. And I know it's hard, guys. I know it's hard in this world to go and find a movie to watch or to go and turn on a radio and listen to musically. The good thing is now you have Spotify and you can choose your music, right? But some people still listen to the radio and it's hard to find all of that. And people are like, well, they just give up. It's just hard. I can't do it. You know, it's just too hard. You know, I just have, I got to have some fun in this life. 
Amen. But, and they wonder, why, if it, if it, why is it so hard? It's so hard because Satan is the god of this world. He's influencing our music and he's influencing our videos and our t- movies. He's doing all of that to push an agenda, guys. And that's a sermon for a whole other day. But guys, you've got to make sure you're not falling into that agenda. Because there's a lot of Christians that have gotten so caught up with the music and with the videos and the technology out there, and they're bombarded with what they're seeing on TikTok to where they're believing things that are contrary to God's word and they don't even realize it, guys. I'm going to tell you something. This is an area where the enemy is attacking hard right now. That's why I've been telling you for years, you've got to know what you know, why you believe it, glory to God, and don't back down from it. And be aware of what's happening. Be vigilant in your life. Because you don't want to fall into these agendas. Because, guys, you can turn on any streaming app now to watch movies. And every other commercial has to do with the LGB, this and all this. It's, 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 it's mixed couple. I mean, not mixed. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's gay couples and this, that, and the other. And, and all that they're doing is they're trying to, they're pushing an agenda. And the more you see it, the more you see it, the more you see it, before long you believe that's just the way society is. Amen. Guys, we've got to be very careful there. Very, very careful. You've got to grow spiritually so you know the Word of God, guys, so that you, this is your filter for life. And if the society says that we need to be doing something, well, wait a minute. I need to go to the Word of God. I need to weigh that against the Word of God because I will always choose the Word of God over anything that this world says that it has to be, right? Because this world is temporary, right? right. Amen. Glory to God. All right. So listen, we're talking about growing spiritually. Don't need to be a spiritual baby, guys. And that's where the church comes in. And let me just say this. There's a, there comes a time when, when, as a baby grows up, where you got to wean him off the bottle, right? And, um, and, and why do you do that? It's, it's to break the dependency from mom, right? And, 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 and so you're trying to break that dependency. And the same thing is true with a spiritual baby. In other words, after they grow up so far and you've done so much for them, all the praying for them, all the teaching, all the guiding and talking and counseling and all of that, at some point they got to get weaned off of that bottle. They gotta, in other words, they got to be set free. They got to be set loose to do some things on their own. Right, and I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I, I think about Isaac back in Genesis in 21. It was a big deal for Abraham because Abraham literally had a great feast when Isaac was weaned off of the bottle. When he was, when he was, uh, when when it, when that time came, when he was set free for the next stage. Right, but listen, there has to come a time in every Christian's life when he or she learns to do things for themselves. And I'm going to tell you, we've, we've had people in, our, in this very church that aren't here anymore where we've walked with them through hell and we talked with them and we prayed with them and we taught them and we intervened for them and we intervened again and we met with them and this long process, guys, and we walked through all of these things, steps with them. And because at some point we can only do so much as a church, And at some point, that person had to decide they had to do something on their own. And they didn't decide to do that. They decided to go in another direction. So we have to take our hands off. 
We have to take our hands off because you can only do so much. There ha- Christians ought to grow up enough that where they're not dependent on somebody else to feed them, somebody else to pray for them, somebody else to encourage them. Guys, glory to God. We need to grow out of the babyhood stage and get to the adulthood stage. That's all. That's, that's where. Just make sure you don't remain a spiritual baby, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. So now let's look at the, at the next uh, phase and this one I'll talk about this one just shortly and that is childhood right so now you've you've made some progress you're a baby you, you're a baby and then the baby is weaned off of the milk and, and 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 now he's he's doing some things on his own maybe he's dressing himself he's brushing his teeth he's potty trained and he's he, he's now this is the fun stage all right this is to me as a dad this was a fun stage this is when you could take the kids places and they could do some stuff you know you could climb trees go hiking go swimming go fishing roller coasters come on do all those fun things you could even put them on the roof with you which i did a couple of times right amen but childhood is very important all right so ephesians 414 <coughs> excuse me 414 we just read this and paul says that we should no longer be Children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Listen, children are fun, but they can be a handful. And I think back as our children were growing up, and, you know, we didn't have a problem child. Uh, You know, we had a thing called the rod that we used. We didn't use a belt. We had a rod. It was about that big around. And I can very seldom ever remember having to use that. Uh, but that was our disciplinary device. And I know that's probably turning a lot of people's stomach right now. Oh, you, you spank your children. Well, that's a whole other sermon in itself right there. But yes, we did. But we didn't really have a problem child. But if I had to pick a problem child, you know, you always got to think about these things. You know, I would pick, uh, you know, I, I would pick Kaylee, but she's not my child. But that's okay. Well, that's a work in progress right there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I would pick Anna. Right? Anna. What? Everybody says, oh, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, over here, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. You held your own pretty good there, brother. Now, <laughs> but I would, be, I would pick Anna because, and now I've got to be careful now. She's now the children's pastor here, right? You know, listen, but she wasn't bad. But Anna was, she was like her dad. She's pretty strong-willed. In other words, she wanted to do what she wanted to do. And I remember when she was growing up, she had a thing about eating meat. Mom's going to roll in her seat right here talking about this. Because her mom had this battle, constant battle at dinner time. Anna couldn't get down until she finished her food on her plate. But Anna didn't like the meat. She would eat anything but the meat. But mom didn't care. Mom would stand right there and say, okay, it doesn't matter. You're going to eat the meat. Whether you like it or not, you're going to eat the meat. So Anna would take the meat. Just one bite. Just one bite of the meat now. And she's stubborn. She, she could put the meanest look on her face. And she put that meat in her mouth. And she'd sit just like this. Now, all sin and ham, they were all good and do their own thing. And they were done, finished, and cleaned up and off, off the table. Anna still. And she would sit there, sit there for 30 minutes, wouldn't she? Hour. Hour. Sit there so long that it's starting to run down her face, you know, like this, you know. And it didn't matter. Mom was more stubborn than Anna. And her mom said, amen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so she wasn't going to win this one, you know, and I'm just laughing the whole way through all of this, you know. But eventually Anna would eat it. But she got sm- she's smart. She wised up. And so she, she, we thought, well, we made it through this process. She's not doing that anymore, right? 
But Anna had a booster seat that was tied into her seat. And one day I thought, well, good, we're good parents. We're making progress. Anna's eating her meat and everything's all right, you know. And I'm helping out to clean. I think we was off that day. And anyway, so I take, I'm going to take the booster seat up to clean underneath it. You know, it's tied to the chair. It's not moved that often. Well, I untie it. Boom. All this food falls out from under the seat. So what Anna was doing, she wasn't eating it. She was taking it and stick, sticking it up under her seat. And she was just... <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And I just like, well, mom handle it. No, I'm just kidding. But it, 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 we thought, well, so we worked through that. And I, this, keep, this goes on. That's why I had, to, I, had, I had to pick Anna as the problem child. So we got through that process. Thought she was eating again. And next to our table, we had a living room or a dining room, and then we had a great room, and the kitchen was kind of in the center right there. So you had to walk through, if you, you know, depending on which room you were watching TV in. And, the, and Anna was sitting at the table, and I thought, oh, she's, she's being so sweet. She's eating all her food, and that's good. But right behind the table was a rocking chair next to the fireplace in the great room right there. And it was one of these rocking chairs that you, you a glider rocker, you know, you rock your baby in, you know. Kind of, well, I think that's what we got it for. Well, Anna's chair backed up to the rocking chair. And I'm walking through like that, and I look underneath that chair, and I'm like, what is that? There's a pile of food under the rocking chair. Now, you can see it plain as day, and Anna's like this, her little sweet eyes, you know, and I'm looking at her, and she's looking at me, trying not to look at me, you know. She's like this, you know. She was taking her food. She couldn't put it under there because we fixed that, and so she, she, she was trying to feed it to the dog, but he couldn't eat that much is what she was doing, come to find out. <laughs> Listen, she was a kind of a handful. And what about the time... I'm going to tell you one more. I've I'm, 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 I got to tell you this one now that I'm telling on Anna. But I was, I was down at the shop. We had a shop down probably about 50 yards from the, from, the, from the house. And I was down there working with some guys that worked with me. We were down there. And I hear mom come out screaming, Anna, Anna, oh my gosh, Anna, Anna, Anna. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? You know, and I run up there to see what's going on. I can't find Anna. She's not, I don't know where she's at. You know, it's a, and we live out in the country. You know, there's a lot of places you could go. She could go to the barn. She could have gone to Mom and Dean Pops. They were next door. And, this, and so we're just we're trying to find Anna. Now, at this point, we've got everybody looking for Anna. I got the guys all looking for Anna. We're crawling for Anna, calling for Anna. This goes on for about an hour. And then we, we're walking to, I was like, like, did you really look everywhere in the house? And she's like, yeah, we're screaming. She knows we're looking for her. So we go in her bedroom, and I'm like, maybe she went to sleep or something, you know? I don't know. And we crawl down and look under her bed. Now, this is after an hour now. And she's sitting under, underneath her bed, and she's just a giggling as she, we pull the, pull, the, pull the blanket up, you know? And I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't want to see what happens when you come out of here. I left. I went out and let Mama handle it after that. <laughs> What's the point of all that? She, she was a handful, guys. And listen, spiritual children can be a handful, too. They don't know some things. They got to be taught some things. So, so you know, you, spiritual children, will, they're, they're, they're always curious. They may always be in some stuff, right? And you see people that are in church that like to gossip a lot. Right? They like to talk about other people's business and they like to be all in this and all in that and all in things they don't need to be involved in. Come on. That's a spiritual child. Right? Yeah. They are. And, and you know, uh, uh, they, another big thing about children is they talk too much. Right? 
And, and you know, scripture, I'm not, for the sake of time, I'm not going to use all the scripture, but there's a lot of scripture about talking too much. Yeah. Right? And there, spiritual babies always seem to feel like they got to have some input. They got to say something. I got I to gotta teach you something. I got to tell you something. Listen, if you don't know what you're talking about, sometimes it's best just to be quiet. You know, it's like you study out the life of Jesus. He didn't, he didn't use out of words. He spoke things that were, 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 uh, were specific, were very specific, guys. And, and, the, and the point is, is, is when you get to the childhood stage, you need to be aware of the words that leave your mouth and know that the words that leave uh, your mouth are always building up, edifying those, come on, and not tearing people down. Now, I'll leave that at that, right? And, but I want to, well, I will say this about children. They can, and you see this a lot with spiritual babies, is they're very dramatic. You know, anybody, that, or Natalie, there's Natalie right there. Anybody that's ever been around Natalie, she's kind of dramatic, right? She's dramatic. She's young. She's dramatic. You know, I think it may be the fact that her roommate is Kaylee, and now you've got super drama, and you've got drama mama. And, I mean, I can only imagine what happens in that room right there. They're very dramatic, right? I mean, Kaylee was telling a story the other day about a spider. I mean, you know, a spider's like this big, right? She talks about this spider. I pulled up and this spider's crawling up my trash can. It opens the lid and then it goes in. So the spider must have been this big, right? Right? I mean, it was a big spider. You know, that's one of them opalaka spiders, I guess, you know. Drama. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, if you find yourself getting caught up in a lot of drama in your job, in your family, in your life, guys, check your spiritual maturity level right there. That's, that's all I'm going to say on it. Now, let's, let's get to the, the one I really want to talk about, and that is being a, the characteristics of being a spiritually mature Christian. And there's, there's many of these, right? But I'm only going to talk about three, right? And, uh, uh, but the first quality or characteristic of a spiritual mature Christian is one that any pastor, if they were honest, and I'm an honest pastor, most pastors are honest. They just don't want to tell you things that may upset you, you know. And I'm working on that. Sometimes I like to just tell you like it is, you know. But spiritually immature people will put earthly things above spiritual things. All right? And this is a big one, guys. And you can see it. I don't have to ask any questions. I don't have to dig in your business. I can see it in your lifestyle. I can see it in your lifestyle. Put earthly things. And I, I thought about Moses. Look at me at Hebrews Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 24. I thought about Moses. And, and it, he says right here, let me go can pull this up in the New King James. It says, uh, 11 verse 24. I mean, because Moses could have had it made if he had chose to take the earthly path. He says right here, it says, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. So, I mean, if you follow Moses' story right there, he could have had all the riches of Egypt right there if he'd have chose to take that path. He could have all the power, all the money, and everything that came along with that. But instead, Moses chose to suffer the affliction of God's people. In other words, he chose spiritual things over the natural things. But there's a lot of people, guys, that are putting natural things above spiritual things. You see it in their pers- the things they pursue in their life. They're pursuing the, the big fancy this and big fancy that and the many, many things of this and the many th- They're pursuing the dollar. Come on, that's a big one. 
big one. Nothing wrong with a dollar, but you got to find that balance, guys. Right? You got to find that balance. And you got to understand, God wants to prosper his, his children. And he wants us to, to have the good things of this life. He wants us blessed to be a blessing. But, guys, he doesn't want those things to have us. And he doesn't want us to put those things first. Amen? Because there are far too many people more interested in making a dollar than serving God. And that's just the simple truth. I was talking with a gentleman the other day, and he was sharing with me. I was, we, I was having a conversation with him to why he doesn't go to church. He doesn't live in this city. He lives in a different city, and he, but he doesn't go to church. And he was trying to justify why he doesn't go to church. And it was all based on his work. Well, my job won't let you. But you see, if you're spiritually mature and you know the, the, the life God's calling us to live, which is a life of faith, which is a life of trusting him, is that job really providing everything you need or is Satan using that job to separate you from God? Because if you're living the lifestyle of faith, trusting God, why aren't you using your faith for another job so that you can serve God and work a job, right? Guys, there's a lot of people, a lot of people. I got hung up on that. I'm going into the ministry because of my job. I didn't have a career. I didn't have a college education straight out of high school. I didn't have that. And so I knew I was going to have to work hard and I worked hard. I was, that's one thing that was instilled by my dad and my grandfather is you worked hard. And so I knew whatever I did, I was going to have to make something out of myself. And without having a college degree, that meant I was going to have to do something physical. And I got into the freight business, which is one of the top paying industries Right? Without a college degree. As a matter of fact, we had a lot of people that worked with us in the freight business that had college degrees. And I got caught into that. And when you're in the freight business, I'm talking about like the, the LTL freight business and like, like UPS and all of that. When you're, Earl knows what I'm talking about. When you get into that business, you cap out. You know, you make a top pay and you get there. And that, you're there, right? And without a college degree, you're there for the rest of your life. Now, you'll continually gradually get raises, but you're there. Now, it's good money. Don't get me wrong. It was good money, and I got locked into that. Matter of fact, at the time, we were making a dollar under what UPS. They gauged everything based off of the UPS wages. UPS wages, because that was the job everybody wanted. You know, you could get that without a college degree. You could make good money, really good money. And they kept us a dollar underneath that, so we didn't go pursuing that, that job. Long story short, I got locked into that, guys. I made good money. This was a long time ago. I came to Christ, and I realized God was calling me into ministry. But I wouldn't take that step because all I could see in my little mind was this is as far as I can ever go in my life. I'm right here. I'm making a very comfortable living. I can live the rest of my life doing this and I can I can have a house. I can have a car. I may even have a boat or a motorcycle to go with it. My kids will be fine. I can do it. That's what I could see in my mind. But I knew in my heart God was calling me to ministry. And I, and, I, and I wouldn't take that step. For years, I wouldn't take that step. I tried to balance the two. But it wasn't until I came home and completely walked away from that field. I completely quit. I completely walked away. I said, this isn't it. I'm, God's calling me to greater things. If I'm going to live this lifestyle of faith and I'm going to believe God and I'm going to trust him, I'm, walk, I'm not going to be held into this bondage anymore. Right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the step of faith and take a step into ministry. And once I did, guys, it was a process. God provided, God opened the doors, glory to God. Long story short, we're here today. But there's a lot of people that are allowing their career fields to hold them back. Now I'm not telling you to go quit your job, but I'm telling you, if God's calling you into ministry, because there's a lot of people that should be ministry, a lot of people that should be in ministry, then how about using your life of faith to believe God for the right 
career to balance with ministry so that you can do it, guys. Very important. Very, very important. Amen. Now, so, point is, all right, we're talking about being a spiritual adult. Spiritual things must come first if you're going to be spiritual, right? Now, another uh, characteristic, and I'm going to run through these really quick, of a mature Christian is that they are always God conscious, right? In other words, they're always, always conscious of what God's word says about them. But how many of you know most people in society today are more self-conscious? Come on. Now, I know this isn't a, a jump and run around the room message, but I'm just I'm, I'm bringing, making you aware of some things, guys. Baby Christians are self-conscious, and they're always concerned with what other people are thinking about me. You know, I, I had a good friend of mine. He loved a Suzuki Samurai Jeep. Now, anybody knows anything about a Suzuki Samurai They weren't that great. Matter of fact, a lot of people didn't like them. They were little. They were almost like a, a little plastic Jeep. And, and, you know, it just looked like a not a very well-made vehicle, right? And, and, but he loved them. And he loved, he really, he wanted one. But he never got one. He had the money. He could have went and bought one, but he never got one. You know why he didn't get one? What are people going to think if I buy that? Now, he went and bought another Jeep. He bought a real Jeep. A real Jeep. A Jeep Wrangler, right? <laughs> but what was the point? Was he really loved the little one. But he didn't get it because he was more concerned. Well, what are people going to think if I drive that little thing? Who cares? You're happy. But be, guys, we got to stop making our decisions in life based on what people, what we think people, people don't care about you. That's just a simple truth. Don't, don't put yourself up here to where people really, they don't really care. If you're like an old Chevy Chevelle, let me have it, right? I will drive it, right? But if you like a Mercedes, then pursue it. Listen, it doesn't matter. Stop. Don't make decisions based off worrying about what people think about you. Amen. Just enjoy the blessings of God and pursue him. Live the life of faith. Pursue and run the race that God's put before you. And allow him to provide for you and allow him to move in your life. Glory to God. And enjoy this life. This life shouldn't be about being defeated and sad and depressed all the time. No, that's lies straight from the pit of hell. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to prosper. He wants a plan for you. He wants to make a way for you. But you got to be intentional about walking that plan out. It means you got to put some work in it to make it happen. Nothing's going to just happen for anybody for free. I know the world wants to tell you contrary of that today. They want to tell you that you shouldn't have to work. They want to tell you that, that you should be entitled to just having life abundantly. And I'm going to tell you something. Don't fall into that trap. You will get what you make out of this life. If you want something, work hard. Work hard. That doesn't mean you've got to physically work hard. Because I know with technology now, there's different ways. Come on, use your brain, but work hard. Amen. Now, the last characteristic that I want to talk to is, and this one is so very important, guys, is that a mature believer, mature Christian can always see God working in their life. All right? And this one's a big one, guys. Because if you're a spiritual baby and God tells you to do something and then you try to do it, and you don't know that God really called you to do it, or, 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 you, or you can't see him actually working in your situation in your life, when you go and you take that step of faith, and you go, and you're two days in this venture, God just told you to go do something. I don't know what it may be, but you go take a step in that direction, and bam, you hit a brick wall. In other words, Satan rears up, and he, he's trying to stop you, and he's trying to push you back. And most of the time, the first thing out of somebody's mouth, when it gets difficult, 
I must have missed God. I guess God wasn't in it. I must have missed God. Let me go back over here and let me spend some time thinking about it and praying about it. And let me spend a couple weeks, couple months, couple years, and I'll see what direction he sends me in next time. Guys, they just missed it. They just missed it because they couldn't see God working in their life. God didn't cause the problem, but God made a way for you to overcome that problem. And when you hit the resistance, instead of running back and cowering and saying, I guess God wasn't in this, you should have went back in it and you should have fought your way back and pushed your way through, guys, so you could get to the next phase. And so that you could, but in order to do that, guys, you got to understand and be able to discern when God is actually working in your life and when God is actually calling you to do something. You know, it's like when he called us to go to Ukraine. It's hard to believe. A few weeks ago, we were in the country of Ukraine. Bombs going off an hour from us. We were there. And right now, today, we couldn't go. We couldn't go, guys. I don't know if you're following what's going on. They are bombing unbelievable right now. Not only that, the airline industry has gone into such a chaos, guys. I don't know that we would have ever made it. I mean, it is so messed up right now. Do not try to fly to Europe right now. It is insane. They're, They're... they're closing these airports short. They're not allowing as many people to go through, guys. Guys, what's the point of all of that is, guys, when, when God called us to go, we had to know that God called us. We had to be able to discern that God's working through this. Because even though he provided quickly for us to go, there was resistance. There was an opportunity for us to give up and say, well, you know, that was kind of crazy. Who was talking about going to a war-torn country in the middle of a war right now just to, to visit some kids, right? Because... But God called us to go, and we knew it, and we took that step of faith. And we did. when we hit the resistance, we just knocked it out of the way and kept going, kept going, kept going. Yeah. Amen. But you gotta, you got to do that. you got to do like what we talked about, Jesus using the joy of knowing what was coming when he went to the cross. The cross wasn't bringing him pleasure. It was the, the, what was his strength was the joy of knowing what was coming as a result of him going to the cross, which was us. He was looking at us, right? You've got to be able to do that. And now, these are the, just some simple characteristics, guys. And we'll get into next week into, into what you need in order to, to do in order to start growing spiritually. Because some people need to understand some things. But you've got to remember something. That, 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 that when, we, when you start this process and you become a, a believer, right? You've got to know that you've got to put the effort in. And it's all going to depend on, just like a baby, it's all dependent on, his growth is dependent on his diet, right? And the same thing is true spiritually. What you feed on will determine the success of your spiritual growth, guys. So think about it. And the next time you, you, you go to the movies or the next time you, you go on Spotify, or the next time you're trying to find a, a music stationery, sometimes it's best just to turn the radio off. I'll turn my phone on and listen, let it read the Bible to me. Right? I know that doesn't sound enjoyable to some of you, but you'll be surprised. But let me just, I'm, I'm closing with this. The point is, is you got to do something, guys. You have to put some work in. I know that's something that we don't like to hear in this day and age, but you're going to have to put some work in this. Right? Because let me tell you something. We all received the same new birth. The new birth experience I received was no different than the new birth experience you received. It was exactly the same. We both got saved, right? And we, and we we all received that same measure. We all same measure of faith was given to me. The same measure of faith was given to you. But yet I can stand up here and, 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 and believe God for the operation of this church. Believe God for these mission trips. Believe God for whatever he tells us to do. And I don't know, maybe you can be too. 
But maybe your faith isn't at that level, right? But that's where our faith is, right? But we, the point is, is we've all been given the same measure. We've got that same measure of faith. We've all had the same love of God imparted into our spirits, right? But I have an extreme desire and compassion for people. You may not. What's the difference in all of that, guys? The difference is, is it's up to us, us, not God. It's up to us to develop what we have been given. And if you don't develop it, come on, guys, then you'll stay the spiritual baby. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Listen, you're not going to mature overnight, but guys, I'm going to tell you something. When you learn to feed on God's word and feed on God's word and feed on his word, guys, you will mature into the blessing that the body of Christ needs you to be. Amen. All right, we'll finish this up next week. Father, we